Hello, hello, hello. It's 12 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock. It's noon. Well, happy Thursday. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a blessed delight it is for us to be able to uh, continue to study the word of God. And I am excited to finish up James chapter two today. And so uh, for those of you who have your Bibles, I want to call your attention to James chapter two, starting at verse 20 through verse 26. We're going to try to, in a very meaningful and passionate way, unpack uh, the rest of James chapter two. And then this Sunday, I'm going to be preaching from uh, this particular setting of scripture, James chapter 2, 14 through verse 26. But before we get started, um, I want to uh, have a word of prayer. And uh, we're looking forward to all of those that are joining us as far as the various platforms are concerned. We thank God for you all uh, joining us. Sean, I see you, man. Uh, you're the one I'm learning from, my brother. I see Valerie Truesdale and uh, Danielle Campbell and uh, Deacon in Training, Kim uh, Rainey. Uh, Sister Deborah Brown, it's great to see you, as well as others uh, that are coming on and, of course, sharing as far as uh, this moment of chat is concerned. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we sense and seek what it is that God's going to do Uh our returning uh, disciple, Sister Moore, great to see you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you right now for the sufficiency of your grace. And we pray that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that you, our master teacher, will show up and teach us your word. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. God, if you would, in your own sovereign, powerful way, open up our hearts, our ears, our minds, uh, so that we can hear, receive, and apply the things that you desire for us to know from this word, and so that ultimately we can be better disciples for you. Show yourself mighty and strong, O oh God, in this moment, and we will bless your name. It is in the name of the ultimate rabbi, uh, Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. Amen. Um, as again, we've been working over the past uh, few weeks, uh, working through the letter of James. And so uh, I want to today to pick up on James chapter two, starting at verse 20 through verse 26. I'm going to read it for our hearing so we can center ourselves as far as this moment is concerned. He says, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by his works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by his works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab, the harlot, also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. All right. Now, before we get started, because we're talking about the juxtaposition of faith and works, we're talking about the synthesis of faith and works, what I want to impress upon you. And if you don't get anything else, please get this. We're, we're not talking about the faith that saves us from our sins. Uh, I think that this is very important for us to understand where James is writing from. We're not talking about the faith that saves us from our sins, because guess what? We are not saved by our works, okay? We're not saved by our works. We are saved by grace, what? Through faith. Uh, it is not of ourselves, not of our works, lest any person should brag or boast or puff their chest out. Paul 
helps us to understand that particular delineation in his writings in Ephesians chapter two, particularly verses eight through 10. Uh, James is in this particular rendering, really talking about a, an active faith that is demonstrated not just by talk, but by action. Okay. And what James wants us to understand is that oftentimes we can have right beliefs and not right behavior. Okay. All right. We can have right beliefs and not right behavior. And that's not faith. I also want to flip that and say we can have right behavior, but not right beliefs. And your work is kind of in vain. Now, this, this is where I really want to drive home the point because what I want to impress upon us as we navigate uh, these next uh, few verses, we must understand that it is not faith alone and is not works alone. It is both faith and works coming together in synchronicity so that you and I can do what it is that the Lord will have for us to do. Now, I want to drop something on you before I, I go a bit further as far as this conversation is concerned. Because demons believe in God. <laughs> the, uh, uh, all you just got to do is read verse 19 when it says you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even demons believe and tremble. Demons were exposed to the very throne room of God. They've seen God face to face. They know who God is. They Let me say that again. They know who God is. They know the power of God. They know the glory of God. They know all of that. They tremble even in God's presence, but they don't work what God will have for them to work. They don't do what God will have for them to do. So what am I saying? You can believe right, but if you don't do right, that doesn't mean anything. Flip side is you can do right, but if you don't believe right, that doesn't do anything. Now, I know somebody is saying, so pastor, you know, what about that song? May the works I've done speak for me. Your works can only speak for you if you're connected to the person that's going to ultimately judge you. And that's God through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus says when he was here on earth that there will be those who said, wait, master, we cast out demons in your name. We healed the sick in your name. We raised the dead in your name. We did all this stuff in your name. And Jesus said to them what? Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, you worker of sin, you worker of emptiness. I don't know who you are. So I want to drop this. Right belief and right behavior brings great blessings. If you don't get anything else, get this. Right belief and right behavior brings great blessings, which means faith and works will give you the blessings that God has for your life, okay? And, 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 and this is why it's so important because I don't want you to think that you gain God's favor by doing a lot of work. But I also don't want you to think that just because you're able to quote scripture and you know all the theology, pneumatology, Christology, and all that other stuff about God, that that makes you right. Right. Faith without works is dead. And, and, and so this is why it is so important for us to know why we believe what we believe, because why we believe what we believe will impact why we behave the way we behave and the way that we behave will ultimately be demonstrated through our works and through our actions. And when you behave right because you believe right, it's a blessing to others and it what? brings God glory. Okay? All right? So it ain't just works. 
Because guess what? Here at St. Paul, we can do some great works. We can do mission and we can do ministry. But if you don't know the God of mission and you don't know the God of ministry, it means nothing. But then for those smart people who was able to articulate with great insight the, the, the truths of God and theology and all that stuff, but you ain't treating people right and you're not doing good things, that means nothing. Faith without works is dead. However, I think that I'm on solid scriptural and theological ground when I said faith and works is a very powerful entity. Okay, very powerful entity. Very powerful entity. So let's 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 unpack, let's unpack this because James is is really drilling down. <laughs> James is really drilling down on 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 how. Uh, we need to navigate this thing. Oh, do you know? Do you want to know, oh, foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Here's what I like about James. James did not go into this long conversation or writing. Um, uh, he just simply addressed it very forcefully. You are a foolish man if you think that your faith without works is going to get you somewhere. He, he, you know, I, I like the way that James deals with this because James does not go off on some long theological tangent. He just says, you know what? You're a fool because you think that you can have faith and not show any works. And your faith without works really makes you hollow and it makes you empty. All right. If the faith around which we build our lives turns out to be empty because it's not connected to works, then we are very shallow. And, 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 and I know I'm getting ready to mess with some folks because God knows we got some shallow folks in our families and on the job, in our schools, God knows they're in the church, they're in the community. It, it's, it's, it's hard to say that I believe God and I have faith in God, but you don't do anything as far as ministry or mission is concerned. It's hard to say you have faith in God and you believe in God and you don't give. It, it's hard to say you have faith in God and you believe in God, but you're not connected to God's people, which is the church. And I don't care what the culture says. I don't care what, you know, folks, how folks feel about the local church. It's still the best thing that God's, God's got going on the planet Earth. And ultimately, it is the church universal that he's coming back for. But we must also understand that we work that stuff out when we have faith and works coming together through the local church. All right. Now, let me, if I could, I want to lift up two people, total ends of what some folks will call the moral spectrum. Um, as far as um, uh, life is concerned, but yet they put their money where their mouth was. They took action. They believed God. The first one is Abraham. And of course, we know uh, of that famous saying, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. Abraham is considered to be the father of many nations. And of course, as I've taught in our new members class, that the three major monotheistic religions trace their roots, trace their connections back to Abraham. Islam, Judaism, and Christianity all trace their roots back to Abraham. Let me, if I could, do just a little Bible study for a moment, because we got to understand that when you look at the, the, the two sons that 
are highlighted in scripture that are the seed of Abraham. One is Ishmael, the other one is Isaac. Ishmael, Ishmael, um, um, uh, basically was the son that was connected to Sarah's slave, Hagar. Isaac is the byproduct of a faithful expression of God keeping God's word to Abraham and Sarai in their old age. Islam traced its roots back to Abraham through Ishmael. Judaism and Christianity trace its roots back to Abraham through Isaac. Okay? So, when you see in sometimes unfortunately the clash between Christianity, Islam and and Christianity, it is distant physical and distant spiritual cousins fighting each other. Ain't that just the craziest thing? But it happens. All right, let me move on. So, let's focus on Abraham's relationship with the son Isaac. Was not Abraham our father? justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar. Do you not see that faith was working together by his works and by his works, faith was perfected? Now, I'm not going to, when I think about what Isaac did, as far as Abraham is concerned, I know that Isaac probably looked at his father cross-eyed <laughs> you know and and the story of abraham sacrificing um isaac is in genesis chapter 22 verses 1 through 14. this is where we get that famous word jehovah jireh the lord our provider that's that's where that that term is found as far as the hebrew scriptures are concerned now, what I want you to understand is that Abraham is considered to be probably the most revered patriarch out of the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. Rahab, uh, folks like to call her a harlot or, or a prostitute. That's what the word of God says. In today's culture, we might even say she was had a relatively entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> um, um, but one thing that we can say is that somehow they had a belief in the God of Israel uh, that allowed for them to put their faith into action. <clears throat> so let's talk about Abraham. Let's talk about Abraham first. Because with Abraham... We, we, we have to unpack what happened at that, at that altar. In Genesis chapter 22, and I'm just going to go over it real quick. In Genesis chapter 22, he is told by God, take his son, and the scripture says his only son, Isaac. But wait, pastor, you said he had another son, Ishmael. By this time, Ishmael has, is gone. Uh, Abraham put Hagar and Ishmael out. Isaac remains as far as the house is concerned. Isaac and Abraham make a track up what is called Mount Moriah. And they take wood, they take rope, they take the flint, they take everything to do the sacrifice. And as they're going up the mountain, Abraham told his um, servants, you all stay here. My son and I, we're going to worship and we will be back. Said that we're going to worship, but we'll be back. Now, Abraham knows that God has laid on his heart to, quote, sacrifice Isaac, which better him than me, because I don't know if I would have gone through with that. Okay. That's why Abraham is called the father of the faithful. He takes his son, Isaac. They go up Mount Moriah. Isaac says, Daddy, listen, I see the wood. I see the rope. Where's the sacrifice? <laughs> and Abraham says these famous words, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. When they get to the spot, 
Abraham grabs Isaac, places him on the altar, ties him up. And as he's getting ready to raise the knife to take Isaac's life, he hears the voice of the Lord saying, stay your hand, don't kill Isaac. Look, there's a ram caught in the thicket. There's a ram caught in the thicket. That ram becomes the substitute for Isaac. And yet Abraham was willing to go through what he believed the Lord had told him to do. But he said these words that just still makes me like, wow. And here it is. Abraham told his servants, my son and I are going to worship. And he doesn't say, I will be back. He says, and we, 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 me and him, he and I will be back. Did Abraham know something that is not in the text? Perhaps maybe Abraham felt that if God allowed for him to slay Isaac, that God could bring Isaac back from the dead. I don't know. I'm just engaging in scriptural and theological speculation, but whatever it was, Abraham said emphatically, read Genesis 22, verses 1 through 14. The boy and I are going to worship and we will be back. Now you're talking about faith? You, 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 you're talking about faith and, 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 and the Bible says that his faith was so strong that it is accounted for him as righteousness. All right. Now, let, let, let me, if I could, I, I really want to, to help us to understand what's going on here. Someone said, Dr. Scott, am I wrong? Am I understanding that Isaac was the son of promise, not Ishmael? No, you're not wrong, Miss Karen. You're absolutely right. Um, when we look at scripture, he was the, the son of promise. You're absolutely right uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, however, let me just also say, how many of us would have done something like that? Let's be honest. How many of us would, if we thought the Lord, somebody would have been saying, oh, you need to go see a therapist. <laughs> um, I don't think many of us would have, would have done that. And this is why, this is why uh, Abraham is accounted and considered to be the father of the faithful. I see, I see Miss Karen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, let, let, let me, if I could, can, can, can I take us real deep for a moment? Can I take us real deep for a moment? Here's, here's where I want to take us. Because when we say it was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar. Uh, do you not see that faith is working together with his works and by his works, faith was perfected? Now, oftentimes when we think about this, because remember, I've shared with you all that this we're not talking about a saving faith. We're not talking about the faith that gets us salvation. And oftentimes this question is held to be directly opposed to Paul's statement that it was Abraham's faith, not his works, that caused God to say that he is righteous. Now, you got to read Romans chapter four, particularly about verses one through four or five to, to pick that up. Here's what Paul is arguing versus what James is arguing. And, 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 and this shouts me. I, this blesses me. Paul is arguing about the priority of faith, the importance of faith, okay? That's, that's what Paul is arguing in Romans 4. Here, James is arguing the proof of faith. Show me your faith, I'll show you my works. Paul declared Abraham had faith, therefore he is justified and made right with God. James says that because Abraham had faith, it was evident in his practice of preparing to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And therefore, because he was willing to give up his son, Isaac, he was declared righteous. 
Here's the blessing. Your works serves as, here it is, the barometer of being justified while faith is the basis of justification. Okay. In, in other words, in other words, when we're talking about being justified by faith and we're talking about um, uh, faith without works being dead, what James wants us to understand is that Abraham had so much faith in God that he was willing to do what God asked him to do. Watch this. Even when it makes no human sense. Ooh, 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 ooh. Cause, cause let's, let's, let's be honest. That request by God of Abraham is crazy. It's crazy. Let, 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 as, 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 as Dr. Booth used to say when he would preach, let me put the hay where the cows can get it. It's crazy. It makes no sense. And yet, we see that Abraham goes through with it. All right. Here's what James wants us to understand. He says that 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 Abraham's faith is is really more than than just belief. It was in his works. It was in his works. Let me say it again. It was in his works. Abraham believed God so much that God gave Abraham the status of being called a friend of God. Okay? And here's what I want you to understand. That God gave him the status of being justified. Here we go. Before Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac. Even before Abraham was circumcised. Because here's what I want you to understand. You got to go back to really see Abraham's faith in action. You got to go all the way back to Genesis 12. When God comes to Abraham and says, listen, leave your daddy's house, go to a land where I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you tremendously. Now, here's the thing about Abraham. Back then, they didn't have GPS. They didn't have waves. They didn't have Apple Maps. They didn't have directions. Abraham had no idea where he was going. He heard the voice of God, and he started walking. Come on, Sarah, let's go. That, that was demonstrative of faith. Okay? That 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 was demonstrative of faith. And watch this. And each time, each time that Abraham's faith was stretched, God trusted him with more. Each time that Abraham demonstrated, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this. I'm going to put, put put my faith in it. I'm going to do this, God." God trusted him and gave him more. Perhaps, maybe, the reason that some of us are stuck is because we, we say we have faith, but we ain't willing to, willing to demonstrate we have faith by what we do. We're not willing to demonstrate that we have faith by what we give. Let, let me see. Let, let me see if I can really knock this home for us. Cause y'all not gonna get ready. Y'all, 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 y'all may not get ready to like what I'm getting ready to. 
to say. But a whole lot of us, yeah, God, a whole lot of us think that we have faith until God puts our faith to a test. Mm -hmm. And your faith really ain't faith until it's been tested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Faith really ain't faith until God asks you to bear the unbearable, do what seems unreasonable, and expect the impossible. Which means that your faith can't be predicated upon your feelings. And watch this. When you make a major sacrifice, God shows up with major provisions. Abraham getting ready to take Isaac's life. God says, hold it. Slow your roll. Got a ram in the thicket. He, he, Abraham was willing to let go of everything he thought he couldn't live without. And God shows up with a major, major provision. That's why he's called a friend of God. Let's look at verse 24. Because this is a very interesting verse that, that, that I want to, to help us to understand. You see then that a man is justified by works and watch this, not by faith only. That, that, that word, the key word in that whole verse is not works, it's not faith, it's only. Let me say it again. The, the key word in verse 24 is not works, is not faith, it's only. Oh, please, please get this. If you don't have it in your Bible, I want you to circle the word only. I want you to put stars around it. Um, uh, if you have it on paper, I hate glitter, but I will even tell you throw glitter on it. It's the word only. It's the word only. What James is saying is that our works justify us. We got to have faith, but it ain't faith alone. If I have faith, I'm going to do something. If I, if I really trust God, if I really believe God, I'm going to show it. One, there are several key ways that you and I can show our trust in God. It, it is by us answering God's call to do something. It is by our giving and being obedient when it comes to generosity. It is by us being a blessing to others. Now, that, that's, listen, that's, that's how you prove that you got faith. That's how you prove that you got faith. Paul said Abraham was justified by faith. James says Abraham was justified by faith, which was evident or seen by what he did. Okay. All right. I see Sister Moore said that was both a rhetorical and literal question. Why are we inhibited from demonstrating faith when we claim to possess it? Two things. And I think I can answer it, it this way, Sister Moore. Number one, we haven't been taught. And number two, we haven't been held accountable. Number one, in many instances, we haven't been taught that if I say that I have faith, that faith has to be seen or connected to something. And then number two, we haven't been held accountable. That, that's, that's how that is. That's, that's how that is. Ah, let me finish up 
the the other example is our sister Rahab. Is our sister Rahab, and Rahab is found in um, the book of Joshua, as Joshua is now taken over for Moses. Moses is dead. They're getting ready to lay claim to the promised land. And as they're getting ready to lay claim to the promised land, they sent out spies, two spies to the promised land to really just uh, check some things out. And as they send these spies to the promised land, they run up upon Rahab's place of business. And um, as they run up upon Rahab's place of business, um, which in today's term, we would call it a brothel. Um, she took care of the spies of God. Okay. And Rahab, even though her business was not very moral, she's declared righteous in her action of welcoming the spies. And, and, and you can read that in Joshua chapter two, and then in Joshua chapter six, um, you can see that 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 in play. Okay, you can see that in play. Um, um, and 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 this is where 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 the rubber meets the road. Why would James use Rahab for an example? Could he not have used maybe? Isaac or Jacob, he uses Rahab. Uh, and, and Rahab, in our estimation, was a pagan. Well, she was a pagan. She wasn't Jewish. She wasn't a Hebrew Israelite. Um, she didn't have the very best reputation. But here, here's what drives James' point home. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for the revelation. Both Abraham and Rahab were declared righteous because of their works that ooze from their faith. <laughs> because Rahab somehow had heard about the God of Israel. She had heard about how this God of Israel had wiped out Pharaoh's army at the Red Sea, how this God of Israel had taken care of the children of Israel for 40 years. and She had already heard about this God and knew that they were on their way to get the promised land. And somehow her faith, because of what she had heard, faith comes by what hearing and hearing what the word of God, she had heard and she was willing to take the risk to protect these Israeli spies. Okay. If if Abraham didn't have faith, he would not have followed God. If Rahab didn't have faith, she would not have decided to side with Israel. Do y'all know what 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 Rahab said when she saw the spies? She said, "As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted." Neither did there any remaining any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven, above, and on earth beneath. That's a pagan saying that about the God of the Israelites. If Abraham had not been willing to obey God, his faith would have meant nothing. Who I'm, I, I know it's getting ready to get real, real hot right now. If, 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 if Abraham had not believed God, if he hadn't had faith to follow God, if he hadn't been willing to obey God, his faith would have been empty. If, if Rahab had not risked her life, her business to help the spies, her faith, that great declaration that she made in Joshua 2, it meant nothing. Nothing. Nada. But if you ever read the writings of the of Hebrews, Rahab is listed 
as one among the faithful of Israel. And that's why when the children of Israel took over Jericho, she was spared. She was spared. Now, here, 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 here. Can, 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 can I give you the shout? Can I give you the shout? Can, can, can I bless you? Because I'm, I'm, I'm driving this home on Sunday. I'm getting ready to shout because I'm, I'm getting ready to bless you. When we think about Abraham and Rahab, we probably think that they're ooh, two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, Miss Karen, there's room for you, but I'm hold on. I'm really getting I'm really getting ready. I'm really I'm I'm getting ready to make somebody have a shout cue in Bible study. Here it is. A Abraham and Rahab, they're on both, they're on two opposite ends of quote the moral spectrum. But guess what? Remember this. James is the half-brother of Jesus. I'm going somewhere with this. Which means that Rahab and Abraham were his relatives. <laughs> that, 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 that Abraham is the father of the Jewish nation. And Rahab is in the ancestral line of Jesus Christ and James. So he's lifting up his kinfolks. And guess what? Neither Abraham nor Rahab were perfect. Abraham sinned. He lied about Sarah being his wife. We know Rahab was running her business which wasn't very godly, but they both demonstrated obedience based upon their faith and their willingness to trust God regardless. That's a shout for me, which means, which means that there is, there, there, there is, there is, Grace for all of us. Let me drive this home and and and, and call it a day. Because then James says, for, for, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. In other words, James is equating your faith and your works with your body and your spirit. Just as when you die, your spirit leaves your body and you're considered dead. That if you have faith but don't have works, your works is like the spirit of faith. It's dead. Can I bless somebody real good? Can, can I bless somebody real good? And, and I'm 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 gonna stop on this. I'm, I might just stop on this note. I, I might just I'm, I might just stop on this note. I, I might just stop on 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 this note. I, I I might just stop on this note. Let me say it again. Faith and works is like body and spirit. Faith equals your body. Works equals your spirit. As a matter of fact, the word works in the Greek is energizo, energy. <laughs> now, watch this, watch this, watch this. James is saying, just as your body without a spirit is dead, so is faith without works is dead. Here, here, here is the shout for me. Here, here. Don't go there. I'm getting too happy. I know I shouldn't be this, this, this hype teaching this lesson. Works are not added to faith, but the right kind of faith is the faith that works, that produces good deeds. In other words, don't say you're a disciple of Jesus and you ain't willing to do something. Your faith don't mean anything if it don't make you do something better. 
Your faith doesn't mean anything if you ain't willing to, 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 to make the world a little bit better than it was when you got there. I know I'm getting ready to make somebody mad. Stop talking about faith and you ain't willing to do something for the kingdom. Serve. Don't talk about faith if you ain't willing to do ministry or mission. Don't talk about faith if you ain't willing to at least practice discipline of tithes and give it offerings. Stop it. Because you don't have faith. And, and, and y'all know I'm, I'm, I'm big enough to take whatever anybody says because I'm standing on solid ground. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. When, when when you say I got faith, but you ain't got no works, then Christianity ain't nothing but a, a, a philosophy, an idea. That mean thing. I sum it up on this and I'm done. If you want to really be a a, 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 a disciple of Jesus Christ you want to develop spiritually a disciple must be what God wants that person to be and do what God tells you to do okay Virgil Irby says, COVID stopped that process, but looking forward to service. No, COVID didn't stop it. As a matter of fact, let me just say, COVID really brought it to pass, brought, brought, brought it out in a major way. Nah, we ain't gonna blame it on COVID. COVID didn't stop it. COVID, really COVID exposed those who really had faith and those who didn't. Mm-hmm. Let me say it again. COVID really exposed those who had faith and those who didn't. COVID, COVID really exposed those who say, well, you know, I can't do nothing because we can't go out. Versus those say, you know, we may not be able to do it the way we used to do it, but we can do something. We fed, we, we blessed more people in COVID than we did all the years since I've been here as far as our food pantry is concerned. COVID didn't stop it. COVID brought it out. This pandemic didn't stop it. Pandemic raised it to the forefront. And it caused us to shift to focus on really doing stuff for those that were outside the church. Now, you, 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 you can get beyond that, Sister Irby. Because guess what? If you gave to support to support the food pantry, it didn't stop you. If you gave to the church and 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 it allowed for us to be a blessing to those that are in the church as well as in the community, it didn't stop you. It didn't stop you. So I ain't gonna let you beat yourself up about that. If if you did all those things, it didn't stop you. It didn't stop you. All right, that's my lesson. My little. A little Bible study. Uh, anybody got any questions before we close out? Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? Yeah. Any questions? All right. Uh, I don't see any in the chat. Uh, let me just say we, we're going to do Bible study. We got Thankful Thursday that starts next Thursday. And uh, we will have Bible study at noon. I will, I will teach it. Good Lord. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to teach it. <laughs> Me and Deb, we got to figure out how we're going to do this. Uh, but also at the same time, we got Thankful Thursday. So the night Bible study will air on Friday. Okay, nice night Bible study will air. We will uh, air that on Friday. Just want to let you all know, um, 
faith without works is dead. One of the ways that we demonstrate our faith is really by our giving as well as our serving. And, and, and if you want to, to, to be faithful and, and demonstrated by your works, I give you an opportunity right now to give as far as St. Paul is concerned. You're sowing in the great ground. You are being a blessing to others. We served nearly 250 people this past week as far as um, our food pantry ministry is concerned. A lot of people are hurting and St. Paul is standing in the gap. And I wanna thank you for your, for, for your giving and for your generosity. You can give in several ways. First of all, you can mail your check or money order to the church, 421 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205, or you can drop your cash check or money order off here at the church. And if you decide to do that, um, just call the church office at 704-334-5309. Make sure that someone is here to receive your offering. We'll put it in the safe and it'll be part of next Sunday's, the following Sunday's count. You can give through ACS or a Church Life app um, website. And then you can give through the app called Givelify. Uh, so either one of those ways uh, you can put your faith into action and uh, do great works. But listen, I hope and pray that you all have been blessed. I will be preaching on this on Sunday and then following uh, Sunday during the week, small groups will engage in deep conversation about what I have taught in Bible study as well as preached, uh, preached about on that Sunday. And, and this will be the conversation. Before I close, let me just say to those that are have joined us as far as uh, Bible study is concerned, thank you all so much for five blessed years of allowing me to be your servant leader. Uh, Pierre Cheris and I have been tremendously blessed to be connected to St. Paul. And God knows I've grown in a tremendous way as far as being a follower of Jesus Christ uh, because I'm connected to you and I'm doing life with you. Uh, your kindness and your generosity demonstrated to my family and me just blows my mind. And I love you all dearly. And um, I've been amazed at what God has allowed for us to do uh, in these five years as far as the work at St. Paul is concerned internally, as well as to the community and the world at large. And so I'm looking forward to what, what more God has to do. We are going to put our faith into action through our works. And, um, uh, and I'm appreciative to be serving such a great church and serving with such great people like you. I love you all immensely. And, and I thank God uh, for you all. And um, I'm looking forward to um, what God is going to do as far as taking us to higher heights uh, as far as his work is concerned and to doing some wonderful things here um, through uh, the tribe known as St. Paul. Listen, love you all. God bless you all. Be safe and uh, look forward to having you all join us either physically or virtually on Sunday morning. God bless.